Hello, everybody, and welcome to Art Drama Llama, where we look beyond the galleries and dish on the art world's gossip, rivalries, and eccentricities. My name is Manchi. I'm Vartika. And I'm Sandra. And today we're going to look beyond Rangoli. So I don't know if a lot of people know what it is, so that's kind of why we'll be talking about it. Rangoli is an art form that originates in the Indian subcontinent. So traditionally, Rangoli is an art of decoration that's drawn on the floor or the entrances of homes. It's thought to bring good luck, prosperity to the house and the family, and also to welcome guests. Some others in India do this activity or like the art of creating Rangoli every morning, um, but it's also done, I guess, more... It's more well-known whenever it's done on uh, special festive occasions, such as Diwali, which is the festival of lights. Um, Diwali is as important to Hindus as Christmas is to Christians. And it also has like different meanings in different parts of India. And the meaning also varies depending on if you're Hindu, Sikh, or Jain. But anyways... So you can draw it on Diwali, you can do it on Onam or Pongal, and both of these are um, South Indian festivals slash holidays, and to be honest, I don't know much about them, so I don't want to say anything, like, incorrect when I, like, research it, so I know more about Diwali, so anyways, you can also see Rangoli on or sorry, during wedding celebrations. And overall, their presence is considered sacred welcoming areas for Hindu deities. It's a folk art that's passed from one generation to another as mothers teach the art of Rangoli to their kids. It's traditionally done by the wife and or daughters of the household. So Rangolis are, Rangoli drawings are, create, are considered very auspicious. And in Hinduism, at least, drawing a rangoli in the front of the entryway to the house is said to invite Lakshmi, who is the goddess of wealth and prosperity, into the home. And rangoli are often also spotted on sidewalks, and you can also even find them inside temples or in front of altars. And uh, I think I read somewhere that they're also used kind of commercially now, or like kind of as decoration, so you'll see them in in front of like five-star hotels and things like that. And obviously, this will be more in India than anywhere else. The word Rangoli itself comes from the Sanskrit word Rangavali, and that roughly translates to rose of colors, which is a fitting image for Diwali's message of light conquering darkness. Each state in India has its own way of making Rangoli, and it's called by different names. So in South India, Rangoli is known as Kolam. In Rajasthan, which is more in, I guess, north-ish India. It's known as Mandana, and it's drawn on the walls. In Kolkata, um, it's called Alpana, and it's drawn in the courtyard. Probably said that wrong, but in Maharashtra, Rangoli is drawn on the floor. Um, And in Uttar Pradesh, which is actually where I'm from, um, it's called Chokpurna, and in Bihar, it's called Aripan. And all of these kind of refer to decorating the floor with various designs using flour and rice paste. And I mentioned that I'm from Uttar Pradesh and it's called Chok Purna there. But I mean, different people call it different things. And for me, both sides of my family, we've actually always called it Rangoli. So that's kind of why I'm using that term overall. Rangoli can be made, as I mentioned, in the entrance of homes, um, on the floor and the sidewalk. And the materials are actually common materials. So they can be found in your pantry, your yard, or even just you know your regular grocery store. And so artists use a base material of dry or wet granulated rice or dry flour. This is colored using sindoor or vermilion. Um, this is, sindoor is also what you'll see, uh, not you'll see on married women in on their foreheads or like leading into their hair. And that's different from bindi, which are like the sticker dots or whatever um, between their eyebrows. But anyways, the dry flower is colored using sindoor or vermilion, haldi, which is turmeric, and other natural pigments. 
And the vibrant blues, purples, and teals that you can see are actually all chem chemically enhanced and are considered more of a modern variation. You can also use flower petals and sand in Rangoli designs, adding to the richness and diversity that's possible with this art. And you know, a few other things that you can use are, like I mentioned, flower petals. Um, there's like special Rangoli powder or like chalk powder, colored raw rice, raw beans or raw lentils, raw colorful pasta, rice powder. Um, you can also use salt or Epsom salt. And to make these, you can use tools, which are more optional. So you can use items that are available at your house, like plates, bowls, bottle caps, bangle bracelets, um, and like to create the perfect circle designs. You can also use like paintbrush tips or Q-tips to fill in the finer details. And then also you can use like empty salt or pepper shakers for the Rangoli colors um, to fill in the design itself. Or you can just, you know, use your hands to spread the powder or whatever material you're using. In my family, uh, or at least here in America, my mom uses chalk just because it's more easier and convenient. And you can usually actually find Rangoli powder, like I mentioned, at Indian grocery stores, especially around Diwali. And I think we actually got some while we were either living in California still or had just moved here to Texas. But like I said, chalk is just more convenient and it doesn't blow away. Wait, so do you guys do it every day as well or just on major holidays? No, we just do it on Diwali. Oh, okay. um, or at least us. Uh, I don't do you, know if... Can like, you like just do it or do you have to like wait? I mean, I can go out and do it. Just make okay. sure like your hands are washed. Probably want to also take a shower, like make sure you've showered. Like most Indian people shower in the morning. So make sure you're showered. Um, but yeah, I could wake up tomorrow and be like, I'm going to go draw one outside. and <laughs> Just go do it. Obviously it's too cold, but you know. And the whole purpose is to like bring good luck and prosperity and to welcome mm -hmm. people. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, usually, and I'll talk about this more in a second, uh, when it's drawn, like my sister and I, or I guess anyone in our family, like we'll very actively try not to step on it. Mm. And like, even when we go over to my neighbors, um, who are from Kolkata actually. So I guess they call it Alpana. Um, whenever we go over to their house, we try not to step on it. Um, and do you know why they have different names for the same thing? In... different languages <laughs> oh it's different languages okay yeah um we'll be talking like I was talking with one of my South Indian friends a few hours ago and we were talking about the same things but then all of a sudden she would accidentally say something in Tamil which is a South Indian language and then I don't know I'd be saying it in Hindi and like Hindi is just like the more common language of India anyway and that's what most people know things by but um yeah, things are different. It'll be the same thing, just known as different names. And it's like similar to how things are, I guess, across Asian cultures. Um, you guys will be talking about like certain dishes and I'll be like, oh, that's basically this. But it's just, yeah. you know, a different name and like prepared gotcha. very slightly differently. Yeah, gotcha. Well, okay. So then I guess my question is, yeah, I was going to say, I thought Hindi was the more common language. So have you heard the other names for Rangoli before? And is Rangoli the Hindi term for it then? Um, I think it is the Hindi term for it. But I, like I said, it comes from like Hindi is most directly connected to Sanskrit, which is one of the ancient languages. Um, it's kind of like it, Sanskrit and Latin are very, very similar um, mm. when you look at like comparisons of them. Yeah. I don't know where I was going, but. Yeah, Sanskrit translates more directly to Hindi, and that's what's more widespread around India. So. Gotcha. Wait, so then where did the other languages come from? <laughs> okay, well, this goes back to human geography, Manshi, ninth grade. <laughs> um, <laughs> there were different language families or like languages, right. right? Right. So Hindi and like Sanskrit and more of the North Indian languages, um, these are the Indo-Aryan family languages. Oh, okay. And so th that's why, you'll, like I mentioned, Sanskrit and Latin, you'll see a lot of similarities. Um, and I don't know, it's 
I guess, more easily trans. Never mind. I don't know where I was going with that, but they're a lot more similar. Whereas right, the South right. Indian languages, um, two of the big ones are like Tamil, Telugu, but there's a ton of others. Those are from the Dravidian family tree or oh, fr- fr- right. family, Dravidian family, yeah. language family. That's what I'm trying to say. Dravidian <laughs> language family. So those are a little bit different. And um, personally, I feel like trying to learn one of those would be a little harder. Mm. Um, whereas if I were tried, if I were to try to learn like Gujarati or which is West or like more North Indianish or any other language, it'd be a little bit easier for me. Um, just because one, I already speak Hindi. And then also, um, I grew up in a place where there's a lot of Muslim people, so they speak Urdu. Uh, frequently and like Urdu and Hindi are also similar I don't know I'm sorry I like completely went off track from your question no 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 this is this is what I was trying to get at that helps a lot I mean when you started talking about the language trees if you had just asked me to like I guess if it was a free response question I wouldn't have been able to answer it but if it was multiple choice I think (laughs) it would have definitely been like oh yeah because that's how I felt when you started when you said Indo-Aryan and then I was just like oh yeah like completely yeah. forgot you know it's somewhere in the back of my mind I just <laughs> couldn't directly access it and you know, yeah sure. the Indo-Aryan the indo like Indian yeah. Indo languages that's where that part comes from right yeah um another similar or kind of similar language would be like Farsi and that's yeah. spoken more like either Iran or Iraq can't remember um and like afghanistan probably parts of pakistan too but like it's all of these around okay i did not remember (laughs) but yeah i don't know i find it fascinating that um unit in uh human geography was my favorite like culture just because like we talked about languages religion things like that yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, the the languages the languages are always uh, always interesting. But so is Rangoli. Okay, so yeah, back to Rangoli. Um, like I was talking about, it can be made um, on the floor, sidewalk, or entrance of homes, and it's made using a variety of things. Um, and like I talked about, like my mom mainly using chalk, right? But since people do use like raw beans, lentils, pasta, or anything that's like edible, you might think, wouldn't any creatures that come across it eat it? Well, that's true. And any creatures that do come across Rangoli are kind of allowed to, or like they can feast on the creation. And it's actually okay if the designs are eaten by insects, trampled over even by visitors or whisked away by the wind or washed away by the rain. And that impermanence is part of the form's beauty. And I mean, I mentioned before, like, we try not to step on it or, and that's, like, also one of the reasons why we use chalk, but, I mean, a a lot of what, like, Indian culture or, I guess, even Hinduism is, it's, like, how you, kind of, like, how you want to do things, like, you can, there's traditional ways of doing it, and, like, typically you'll do things pretty similarly, just, like, the method will be, like, slightly different. And I guess that also goes into languages, like we call it Rangoli, whereas other people call it different things. It's technically the same thing, serves essentially the same purpose. I also like that, um, I like the idea that the impermanence of it is part of the beauty. It actually reminds me a lot of, well, I guess I should say rock art reminds me of, or earth art reminds me a lot of this idea of the impermanence is the beauty right it's like however nature will shift and change the art Mm -hmm. is part of the piece itself is the statement in it so I like that idea yeah um okay so while this idea of feeding as many souls as possible during the day pervades the tradition or it's spread throughout the tradition the style of rangoli can also actually vary throughout India um you know, with the name, the style. So for example, in Tamil Nadu, which is south in, in South India, it's called Kolam, right? 
So that is traditionally made with white rice flour. And each word starts with a grid of dots, which are then connected with various patterns of lines and curves. And the result is a highly computational drawing. For my mom, um, she kind of goes off like a design that she'll look up or, I mean, she looks up designs and then it turns into other stuff. That's actually also the same thing she does whenever she does henna or mehendi on us. Like she'll look up a design and it just turns into different things. So yeah, for her, she more like, I guess, freehands it in a sense. There's no dots that are connected whenever she makes it. But in general, the images are often geometric shapes, DD impressions, or images of like flowers and petals. And not just sometimes, usually the designs are very elaborate and are painstakingly crafted with the help of many people. And the results are spectacular artworks that are awe-inspiring in detail and skill. And some more common symbols that are used in Rangoli are peacocks, lotus flowers, mangoes, and fish. I've also often seen, like I mentioned, deed impressions. So around Diwali especially, you'll see a lot of images of Lord Ganesh or the Hindu god Ganesha. And my mom usually puts one image of him in ours whenever she makes it on Diwali. The most important element of Rangoli, however, is to make it colorful. And Rangoli is supposed to be meaningful to others. So from honored guests to the smallest creatures, as well as being beautiful. And this kind of goes into like what we do. My mom actually tells me to make Rangoli, make the Rangoli every year on Diwali. And especially because I am older now. So technically my art skills should be better. And at least like my motor skills are more refined. But up until now, I've always said that I've been busy with school and Diwali usually comes around October or November and it's like midterm season going into final season usually. And yeah, like I shouldn't give up, give the excuse of school every time, but it's also that like I personally don't trust my art schools enough for it to look good. Like I'm sure I'll do something to make it look okay, but it won't be like as nice as my mom's is. And my mom is like really good at art and she'll be like oh I'm just okay my sister is even better but I don't know maybe it's just an Indian thing like Indian kids you go like you take a lot of art classes as kids and so I don't know I feel like that's something that I didn't really do I didn't really do that much art in elementary school whatever I did it was just like on my own mainly and then I took one year of art in sixth grade and Teacher didn't really like my pieces, so. I was going to say that it's so interesting, you guys, that this is such a big part of your day-to-day life. And I'm sure it's the same with, like, other cultures, but I never really contextualized it because, I mean, I think when we talk about other cultures, typically in history, it was always people gone, right? But, like, this is, like, this is art ingrained in your daily life, and Mm -hmm. everybody is expected to be able to make these to some pretty like high level right like yeah and like the you if you talk to anyone they'll be like oh it's simple like (laughs) I don't know I I can do it on paper I don't know if I trust myself enough with like chalk well you gotta practice (laughs) (laughs) obviously but like okay maybe I'll practice you gotta start somewhere yeah that's true but I was Um, just gonna say it's like really interesting to see that this part of your culture is like everybody is just expected to be able to draw and that's really cool like I'm trying to think of it if there's anything in Chinese culture and I feel like at this point there really isn't like even I mean this kind of remind me of paper cutting it's like kind of about like decorative decorative but also bring prosperity and happiness Mm -hmm. and like it's you can do it every day but you can also just do it on major holidays or weddings um so it kind of reminded me of paper cutting, but that's not something that's like common to do anymore. Uh, it's, and if you do it, typically you just buy online. <laughs> or oh, like you s- buy stencils? No, you just buy pre-made ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's so lazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like people who are like skilled in it, mm-hmm. um, like artisans, but the day-to-day person is not the normal people like ordinary people aren't expected to cut their own uh images it's like mm-hmm. it's like an art right it's like oh pottery you know or like beautiful pottery is is done by specific people 
Yeah. Yeah. So. I, yeah. And like, like I said, a lot of Indian kids, they do go through art classes in yeah. their day to day and they'll be, it'll be part of their assignments. Oh, and like my dad is also really good at art. So I'm like, I have to be so much better. <laughs> and like, I know when I try hard enough, I can do it. Where's my, well, I mean, I guess it was in 2020 now, but I made that picture of Harry Styles. Yeah. Like that was probably the best thing I've made. <laughs> it was for my sister, by the way. Just want to <laughs> put that out there. Well, I just want to also say like this, the Rangoli is a very different art style from that's true. Like what we normally do in a Western art class. Sienna, mm-hmm. you can chime in if, if you want to. I haven't really been in that many art classes, but you know, I feel like it's a lot of, at least in the beginning, like portraiture or still lives and things like that. Yeah, I'll say it's different in the sense that it's very much a community thing. Yeah. And it's not even like, oh, we, we're doing the same thing in a shared space. It's no, we're making this thing together. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of like how, um, I guess kind of like in quilting, like there isn't really yeah. ownership. Mm-hmm. Even if you were the only one that made it, there isn't like, this is mine. Yeah. So like, this is ours. Yeah. And it's also like, a different yeah. medium. It's not your typical paper, canvas, and, yeah. and uh, paints or pencil, right? This is any other type of medium you can find. Yeah. And yeah, then I was oh. thinking to see if like there's something like that in my Sephardic culture. I feel like maybe I just, I'm not aware because um, when you're like raised outside, a lot of things yeah. just don't like, you just don't do, even if yeah. you're aware of them. Kind of like the Day of the Dead, like the, the, the shrine. Yeah. Like, I'm aware of it. I know the significance. We just don't do it because, like, yeah, I was gonna say the paper paper cutting. Uh, I forget what it's called during Day of the Dead. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like papel picado. And it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was, I, I, I was thinking, I was like, okay, in my knowledge, I feel like that's the closest thing to us, not necessarily being required, but it is something that's like, oh, yeah, like anybody can do mm. gotcha um i'm thinking, I'm thinking i sort of saw those designs um i think in san antonio when i was just walking around like they were used more as decorations mm-hmm. um and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it wasn't on the For us, it's more of like a party thing mm-hmm. or at least here that's how it's used um i know there was an animation that kind of used that technique uh, but it was more, but their paper cutting wasn't just flat. It was um, 3D, but mm. there is another animation style where it's just like flat cut out like paper. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not nothing. It's not anything like communal. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, I'm, I like looked up some of the designs. And it kind of reminded me how, like, Islamic art is also very much, like, animal and shape-based. Yeah. Um, even though, even though uh, for yours, you can add, like, a god. Mm-hmm. But it just, it just reminded me that how a lot of them are more, like, like, you don't really show the image of a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay um i guess (laughs) i don't know what else to say no no dramatic things happening uh no i was gonna go back to the story that i was telling um my mom tells us to make it every year um i usually say no because of school or like i also don't trust my art skills for it to look good enough and then there's my sister who straight up says no or ignores the comment and i mean she does that with a lot of things anyway um, so I guess it's not that big of a deal, but that's just like what happens with us. Um, and it also scares me a little bit though, because I feel like, um, I might not be able to, in general with all of the Hindu traditions or holidays, things that we do, I feel like I might not be able to carry on all of them the same way in the future. Um, as like my mom has always done, but I guess that also does come up with growing up in America and not in India and, I guess I'm a little bit ahead of people because <laughs> I can speak Hindi fluently. And then I've also been learning how to read and write. And I mean, I'm pretty slow at it right now, but 
it's better it's still better than some people so yeah i mean when you when you talked about diwali i, I was thinking about how i just called my parents and they were like oh are you going to take lunar new year off <laughs> i was like i guess i do have a floating holiday and i was considering but it just feels kind of weird to tell your boss like hey this random day in february <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna be out taking my floating holiday for Lunar New Year, and also feels like because not everybody else is doing it, I just feel like nobody else is going. I feel to like it's become it. more common, or at least you hear Lunar New Year. You talk hear about it more often. More. Yeah, I think I think they'll understand it. I don't think they'll be like, "Oh, that's really weird." Like I've never mm. heard of this before. I think it'll just be people because nobody else is celebrating it. They just won't respect the fact that I'm off that day. If that makes yeah. sense, right? And especially yeah. now that we're all virtual, it's like. If they don't see you in the office, it's it's you know. There's not, no point in taking yeah. days off when it's virtual. <laughs> like I took that week off um, back in December because I thought I'd be out of town, and then I wasn't. I was like, I could have worked this yeah. whole week and not use yeah. my like leave. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I got kind of sad. I was like, oh, like I it's it is kind of sad that I'm not going to actually carve out time for. Lunar New yeah. Year and actually properly celebrate it. Actually, yeah. my parents were at, were going uh, before I left for uh, for New Year. They asked if I was going to come back for Lunar New Year. I was thinking about it, um, but yeah, but it's like the thing where it's like you grow up in America and it's like, are you really going to just take two days off to fly home yeah. for a weekend when normally it's really like a three week celebration? Yeah, so. you. I think you get either the full week or at least a few days off in india for diwali yeah. and holy or like other big holidays yeah. wherever you're from yeah 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 so i i, I feel you tika it's just Such like is a- the immigrant life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always this, a question of balancing so. would this like art also be open to like i guess somebody outside of the culture or is it very like no you have to like well yeah i guess with uh, it a follow-up question to Sandra's is is this very specific to Hinduism or are other or is are the Muslims in India also making Rangoli? Oh, okay. No. They're they're probably not, unless you're like married into right, a okay. family, then you might be, but typically like you don't cross Hindu and Muslim traditions. Um just because like things can get tense. Yeah. Um but like my dad, because we grew up or he grew up in, you know, a more Muslim area, he would go over to his friend's house to celebrate um, Eid and stuff. Or like they, whenever they'd have Eid feasts, he'd go over and like have food with them. So, yeah, that's really cool. It just cool. depends on people. Yeah. So. Um, and then, yeah, going back to Sahanya's question about like anyone else being able to do it. I honestly don't know. I figure like if you marry into the family, you'll probably be doing it or like you there'll be some kind of expectation on you to learn it I just don't know if like other people outside of the culture do it and like there's also that like I don't know I feel like people don't talk about it as much with Hindu culture or like Indian traditions in general like um is it cultural appropriation or cultural cultural appreciation so I don't know I think that's something that Hopefully we'll come with time. We'll see. Yeah. Um, an example I was going to give you of Rangoli, since I know what I've just talked about might not make as much sense, is, you know, whenever you see those adult coloring books yeah. uh, in the store, I mean, mm-hmm. the one I'm holding up right now is a living wonder. So it's like flowers and fish and birds and stuff. But you'll oh, see the Zentangle. Sorry? The Zentangle books um not really I think those are a little bit different um yeah those are those are kind of different but like if you look up mandala m-a-n-d-a-l-a and if you do patterns or whatever those kind of look like rangoli um I would say they're more elaborate when you actually draw them though like for the Rangoli tradition itself. Also, can you give me an idea of how large Rangolis typically are? Like how as big how... as you want. Oh, okay. um, my porch is not that big. 
I think both of y'all have seen it, but usually we draw out here. Sometimes I'll, my mom will draw out in the yard. Mm, okay. But it, depends, you, it just depends. Have you ever done it on, on, the, uh, on the wall? No. Okay. <laughs> We've always done it. Like in California, we always did it in our backyard. And then here, I feel like my mom has been doing it in the, on the porch for the past few years. Or maybe she, sometimes she makes two and like she'll make a small one up front and another one in the back. Yeah. Tika, I actually feel like this is giving me more insight into your life because (laughs) I don't know if you, like, I don't know if you feel this way when I talk about Chinese culture, but now I'm like, oh, like this is what Tika does in her, like in her life outside of school or like outside of, you know, our friendship, I guess, if that makes sense. But this is like, these are like the different facets of you that I feel like I'm getting to see. It's like, oh, when Diwali rolls around, this is something Tika does with her family. And it's something that's like really important to her and her culture. Uh, but it just like never, I never really think past like our interactions, I guess. Like I've never really <laughs> thinking about like, oh, Tika, what do you do for Diwali? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, wow, 10 years I of feel friendship. Like- I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, people honestly, don't really ask about our culture, like yeah. you know, show as much interest. And well, I feel like a lot of Asians don't really talk about their culture. And if you ask them, they're like, "Why do you want to know?" It's like, "Oh shit, I'm sorry." Well, I mean, I think because from my from my perspective, we never really did a lot of cultural holidays, like besides Lunar New Year, and that was because of. The cultural revolution that happened in China, like all, I was in a lot of China, doesn't really. I mean, they still do it, but it's like, like some of the more I think deeper customs didn't make it. It's just like, oh, these are holidays now, right? Like, there's not a lot of lore behind them. I feel like anymore. Um, so that so so when we moved to North America, the U.S., and it's like a lot of those things fell even more so on the wayside. And so my assumption is like that's for everybody. Like, that's just, like, because that's my immigrant experience. So I guess it's just, like, I think your default is just to assume everybody else kind of lives similarly to you. So I never really thought that, oh, like, other people have way stronger cultural connections and do a lot more that is still in line with with their culture, right? Like, we just kind of do Lunar New Year, and that's it. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it just it also depends family to family, like, you might think that we do a lot, but honestly, we don't do that much. Like we'll celebrate Diwali, we'll celebrate Holi, which is the festival of colors. Um, and like most that festival, festival of colors isn't celebrated like across India, like Diwali is. Um, we'll celebrate, what is it called? Nodurge, which is like a nine day festival. And I think that comes twice. Yeah, that comes twice a year. So we'll celebrate that. And like a few others, but there's people who celebrate like every single thing or like a lot of different things. And it depends on like where you come from, what part of India you're from. So, yeah, that makes sense. And like also Hindus have different New Year's depending on oh. what part of India you're from, which really I didn't know that until a few years ago. Because <laughs> I went around saying telling everyone Happy New Year, like Hindu New Year. And then they were like, it's not. <laughs> I was like, wait, so. Wait, so what are all the different New Year's based off of? I guess the type of, like, traditional calendar you use. I don't really, like, and this is where I don't know. I feel like I don't know as much about my culture. Or is, I mean, one, it's so diverse. Yeah. Then um, I think ours is based off of the lunar calendar or, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Well, we could could answer this question right now, which is when is the next... Hindu New Year for you? See, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) If it's February 1st, that's Lunar New Year. I mean, people say it's Diwali, and that's what I always thought. Diwali is the beginning of the Hindu New Year. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, So, like, sometime during October, November, but, like, other people will celebrate at other times. (laughs) I just never know. Then it is not based off the lunar calendar. Or maybe yeah. it is, but just like starting at a different time. Maybe. Um, yeah. One, one festival, I guess, that is more for um, 
like women and or married women and husbands is called garvachot and that's like where the married woman will fast all day and then it's usually on the night of a full moon and once they see the full moon um and there's like other things involved too but like once they see it they can eat mm. at night gotcha. my mom doesn't do that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah my mom usually does not fat i don't think she's ever fasted maybe when we were like still in india hmm. 20 yeah. years ago <laughs> 20, 25 years well ago. so if when you go back to i guess my question is how many people do rangoli on a day-to-day basis in the u.s like in the do, u.s yeah i do, do you know any of your family friends that do it every day i mean most of our family friends are north indians and they probably don't um oh, okay. and i don't think i've ever seen it at their house outside of diwali yeah but i guess maybe my south indian friends that i made in college mm-hmm. they might I just don't know. Okay. And when you go back to India, do you see people do it every day as well? Or is it? I'm from North India. So, right, so no, <laughs> no. no. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, at least my dad's side of the family and even my mom's, I don't see them do it. So. Okay. Um, they usually do pray every day after showering in the morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's something my parents still do here, both of them. Oh, so they shower in the morning and then... Yeah, everyone showers in the morning. I think I told you this one time, Manchi, but my dad calls people who shower in the night, like, the devils. Yeah, yeah, I remember this. And I was like, what? (laughs) Why? (laughs) You did not explain to me it was a cultural thing. (laughs) I don't think... See, I don't think everyone does that because my roommate in college showered at night. Oh, Okay. Whereas I, I usually shower during the day. Um, when I live alone, I get in the habit of showering at night just because I feel like it washes away all like the day's grime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I would probably if I act, if I made the effort to work out every morning, then I would shower probably twice a day. Yeah. Um, um, just because like after working out and then after at night or in the evening at least. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, why I, also my parents are like, don't shower. Well, one, they're like, don't shower after 3 p.m. But then I usually end up sometimes showering around like five or six. <laughs> and they're like, this is too late. But I mean. So what is the, like, what is the religious story behind that, I guess? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> and like, yeah, there, it's like that with a lot of traditions. I mean, one, people do it differently. And then two, I just don't know the significance behind all of these. And that comes into like, you go back and read the Bhagavad Gita or the, which is part of the Mahabharat, which is Mm. one of the two, like, which is, yeah, it's one of the two big like epics. Yeah. Um, And then read the Ramayana, which is the other epic. Those are kind of like the, not really Bible. I would say more of the Bhagavad Gita is more like a Bible, but not really. Um, some other things that will teach you a lot about like culture or traditions are the Amar Chitrakata. And that's like what Sahanya got that one book of that one time. Mm-hmm. Um, that will teach you a lot also. And my dad, my dad looked up like um, English translations or like English versions of it online for us. And then we never read it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay Tika one of the things I've always been meaning to do is to read English translations of like the four great Chinese novels and I just have never done that (laughs) ever (laughs) yeah and like I was saying it makes me feel bad but then also I'm like at least I'm still upholding some things I could do better for sure but it's still better than I guess some people (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah, I guess it just depends on, like, how much you think is... Care. And then, yeah, how much yeah. you think it's important to your identity that you do these things, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then also going back, you were talking about, like, how you don't know much about my culture as, like, or, like, I don't... I don't know, I feel yeah. like because our friend group is more East Asian, that's the type of things we focus on. And, like, also whenever we went out to eat in high school and stuff, it would all often be East Asian food. 
if not like American food, you know? Yeah, I feel like we often want to get American food because there's not a lot of East Asian food in the area. <laughs> I guess. Um, um, or at least like our potlucks and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's like the most polite shape ever. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about this a lot. Okay. Yeah, I remember but- one time we were out and you like went on this like mini rant. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, should I leave? <laughs> I think... Yeah. I agree that we were very um, narrow-sided, but also, Tika, like, I just didn't have the right knowledge. Like, I didn't even know Diwali existed until college, and that's when I say... I'm pretty sure we learned about it in either human geography or, like, world history, Manchi. Um, At some point. I don't like, think we, we did... Hinduism. In, yeah, I don't think we... I don't think we did it in world history, we might have in human geography, but I just completely have forgotten. Um, but I just remember going to college and being like, oh, ISA is putting on Diwali. What is Diwali? And then really learning it there. Um, yeah. The, like Diwali is, well, at my, at my college, because we have a lot of Indian people, um, yeah. Diwali is like a big thing. There's a big celebration out at the yeah. courtyard area type thing. Um, Holi is also kind of... I, yeah, Holi is also pretty big. They go out and do it on the fields. Yeah. So, like, they make sure to do those things, at least in my college. Um, yeah. But, yeah, when I got to college, I was like, oh, wow, there's so many Indian people. Let me befriend them. And then I <laughs> think most of those friendships did not pan out. Oh. <laughs> I still ended up being friends with, like, you guys yeah. in high school. I did make a few Indian friends, though. So, yeah, I mean, I think sometimes at the end of the day, it's the cultural identity is not always strong enough to find friendships. Obviously, because we're good friends, Tika. <laughs> and we have no overlapping cultural identity. And um, then, I mean, also the area we grew up in, like if we had gone over just the city. Yeah, I've been very Indian. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I apologize for not asking more because I, I think I was very afraid to ask because I didn't want to get it wrong but that's on me that's not that's not on you that's on me for not I feel like I would have I was not as like cranky or like angry at everything about that <laughs> so I would not have minded <laughs> yeah I've so gone very I feel like yeah my bitter I feel like I'm very <laughs> bitter about everything um my dad my parents will call me like those nagging mother-in-laws like, I act like one of those, like, sit in the corner, always making comments about everything. <laughs> like a spinster, I guess, is the Western equivalent. Is that what a spinster is? That was just a unmarried woman. Yeah, like an unmarried old woman. And she's probably unmarried because she's not very like nice. Like that? <laughs> well, because she's not very nice. Oh, I mean, I guess, but I said mother-in-law, so... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, thanks for teaching us about Rangoli. I'm, I'm really glad you did it because for me, at least, it was also a good insight into your life that I hadn't really considered before. So, yeah, I was thinking the other day, I was like, I know people, Indian people here, they hold like Diwali parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, one, I don't have enough Indian friends to do that. And then two, or I guess another thing would be like, would I still be living here once I move out? Because I don't know where I'm going to end up with a job. And then, I mean, a lot of these people who do hold these Diwali parties, they invite like friends of other races. So I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like all right, in the well, past, I would have been like, I don't know if they'd be interested at all, but like, I don't know, in the past month, I guess, Manchi, you seem pretty interested. Well, Tico, I you think you... Like- I don't throw think the volley party. I'll bring my tissue paper. And she can bring some red paper. And we'll do our own activity At together. No, no, no. We can do Diwali activities. Like we don't, and, and then we can have a separate day where we There's all no do our activities. Own I don't know what you're. No, we can like, make rangoli, right? Or yeah, I guess we can yeah. make rangoli, and then the only like activity, I guess besides that, that at least we do is like pray at night. Yeah. And like light the dias or like little candles yeah. looking things. If you will have me, I'm happy to do that as well. Dude, I've prayed, I've gone to mass as a non-Christian and had to sit there and recite the rosary. 
<laughs> for half an hour. <laughs> so, you know, that was against my will, but I did it. <laughs> so, but if you're happy, I am happy to partake in, in the praying as well. So, you know, and it's I mean, you don't have to. I think, so, I mean, like the, the Diwali parties I've been to, the, excuse my language, the white people, <laughs> they just stand there, I think. I mean, I think the main thing is just like be polite as like most people are yeah whenever they go to church like if you're not part of that culture right right. you just sit there politely yeah yeah i mean i mean tika i think um you gotta give us a chance you can't just assume we're not interested just because we don't ask okay whoa guys is that okay with like i'm holding back on the drama she i feel like she is holding back on the drama but i mean it's like we've all changed right like we we all went through college and and had different experiences and it's like what i'm hearing is that you just feel so guilty manchi yeah you want to make up for a decade of like yeah yeah this is my repatriate what is it this is my uh Patriation? No, not repatriation. I feel, I feel like, like I'm gonna sound so bitter on this Leo episode. <laughs> was really, yeah, this is... forgive like five years. <laughs> yeah, and five years from now, I'll finally come to agree with you on uh, Lapis Lazuli. <laughs> okay, I don't think you will. No, I don't think I will. <laughs> Manchi, uh, and I just have very different viewpoints on a lot of things, but at least yeah. we agree on some things, and that's what makes us friends. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's going to be, you know, you can't ever find somebody who agrees with you 100%. I don't even agree with myself 100% of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But thanks for, thanks for talking about Rangoli this week, Tika. Yeah, I it was, I, it was great. No, I saw that you guys were doing, um, like, more Chinese traditional or, yeah. you know, more traditional. So I kind of try to go for traditional um, art. Um, besides this, I was looking at like, I don't know, more metalworking or like just different types of hmm, mm-hmm. everyday things that you would see, I guess, or like, yeah. um, other art things that, oh my God, my phone, <laughs> other art things that I found were more things that you could also find in other cultures, obviously done mm-hmm. differently. Yeah. So that's why I tried to look for something that was unique yep. to Indian culture. Um, but yeah, there, I mean. There are parts of India that are known for certain things. Yeah. I think Rangoli is such an interesting um, case study because it's not only like talks about the religious aspect, the day-to-day kind of cultural aspect, but also it's like a very, it's like a, the fact that it's like everybody does it and it's art ingrained in everybody's lives and everybody's expected to be a certain level of artist. That's like a completely new perspective on Indian culture, I think. So, well, I'm happy to share that. And I hope more people do take interest in Indian culture or arts yeah. beyond just like the religion or yoga, you know, <laughs> or Indian yoga weddings. comes from India, by the way, in case you didn't know. Um, or Indian weddings. Sorry. I feel like all the yeah. white people now just really want to go to Indian weddings because they're oh, the really colorful. Yeah. Like, I feel like every white frat guy is like, oh, I want to go to my Indian friend's wedding because it's so colorful and people get lit and things like that. Oh, well, the only white guy I know is our friend's husband. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's not very, um, I don't know. I I don't know. We haven't really spoken to him, so I don't know anything about him. Yeah. I don't know what he's like, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It also, I don't know. You can cut this out, maybe, Manchi. But like, I think about this a lot. It's like, as East Asian cultures have spread so much, especially in the last like ten years, I would say, a lot of people have taken interest in those, and like that has brought, like, I think I've talked about this with you guys before. Whenever people use the word Asian, they don't think of anyone outside of East Asia. Yeah. Half the time, they don't even think of, like, actually, they probably include Southeast Asians. But, like, South Asians are usually not included. Yeah. So I'm like, if you're taking interest in Asia, look at other Asian cultures, too. Like, 
I think I I think South Asia is just so hard because like we look very, very different. Diverse. Or I mean, I mean okay, we look yeah, very that's... different. Like I mean, theoretically, Russia and like all the Stans, that's Asia as well, you know. But it's like because you look so different from East Asia. I mean, it's, there it's, are people in India who look more similar to you, Banshee, though. So. Yeah, that's true. There are, there are. But it's, like, by and large, right? Everybody in India is... That is true. You know, you guys get, like, those lovely eyelashes, eyebrows. Wow. And uh, we're left with tiny eyes. <laughs> um, well, I do pride myself on my eyelashes, except yeah. they do get in the way of glasses. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's not a struggle of Hatch had. Um but also now I'm just like, wow, I have no lashes. And also they point like straight. Like they don't go up. They just point straight forward. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. I think, um, but I also think like the Asian culture that's spreading is not really like any cultural, like traditional culture. It's a lot of like new culture. Like K-pop is not, I don't think based on anything. I think it started more like in the 80s, 90s. Yeah, it's like a combination of like Western and Asian uh music styles essentially or it's like very similar to western music but with korean lyrics and like their own like spin on it right where it's like Mm. boy bands who do dance and have all these different things that's different from a western boy band. yeah i feel like you don't see as many like traditional elements in the music sometimes you do yeah i mean like asian culture appropriation of american culture is what's spreading yeah. <laughs> you could put it that way yeah <laughs> i feel like that's a very like um cynical stance on that because i think I it's feel like more... it's a funny stance like the it's appropriation a funny of of yeah. cultures thing is popular in that cultures yeah yeah i've seen those arguments other arise. yeah yeah i mean um, that's a that's a that's one way to look at it the other way is just you know like eventually with globalism you're just gonna have way more cross-cultural things right so yeah yeah that's the i guess issue with globalization like at what point does it become appropriation what point is it appreciation yeah at what point point is is it it just like like a assimilation assimilation? yeah 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 wow genius manchi yeah (laughs) it's a it's a hard one but i will much rather take this reality than the reality we were fed when we were taking AP Human Geography, which if you remember was that it's just everybody's going to be westernized, which is not true, right? Like that is true. You know, I would, I mean, K-pop has- I mean, that is true that we were taught that. Yeah, it's true that we were taught that, but it's like K-pop has still its very distinctive twist on it. Even if it's like Western-based pop music, it's like, it's in Korean lyrics, right? They didn't decide to sing the entire song in English and sing about like more- western type themes in the music right like I, bts is not singing about sex or drinking <laughs> most of the time like i don't think they are we at all, were in yeah. a, i feel like i was in a different ap class even though i was there with y'all <laughs> i must have sound out because while there i was like whoa some other countries drama literally affects everybody that's also true. That's uh, that's what I got yeah. out of that class. I was like, holy yeah. shit, we're all connected in some yeah. way or another. Yeah, that was yeah. that was that's, that's how I took it. And then you're like, yeah. everybody will be Western. I was like, oh, I must have really spaced out. And <laughs> Guys, I remember learning that. I was like, that's really sad because I was like, I don't already even know that much about my own culture. And then to think that the entire Asian con- like country, the entire Asian continent is all of a sudden going to lose all their cultural heritage and become like westernized at that point is really like americanized right like that's really the definition of westernized uh right now in our modern day and age it's just americanized and it's like this country with 200 years of history is essentially going to take over all these other like civilizations that have started since the beginning of human history right and that's like really really sad to think about um, yeah. i feel like that was just too much bravado in those sex books oh that was definitely I too much definitely bravado. say that mexican culture will not go down without a fight <laughs> <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say like they will not go down without a fight yeah so yeah yeah and i i think it's true i think it was like an incredibly like american perspective to be like all everybody else thinks american culture is so great that's why they're going to give up their own things and adopt what we have developed and it's like that's not true like everybody 
is proud of yeah. their own culture. It makes me sad sometimes because I cringe at people or like, you know, Indian people who like do things or like Western things a certain way. Cause I'm like, oh, that's so cringy. Like that's not the right way, you know, but the right way is not even, you know, yeah. It's not standard. There's yeah. nothing standard. Well, yeah. I feel like kind of a well maybe maybe it's like, the American way of up. thinking. <laughs> Well, I feel like the immigrant experience is kind of like, oh, your parents low-key try to Americanize you, and then you grow up and you're like, now! You, like, fight it. You bring back, back things. Because for yeah. my mom, she just left out a lot of things. Not, like, on purpose, but because, like, it just wasn't around. And then I grew up and I found out about all these things that we just didn't do, and I, like, do them yeah. now, like, out of my own volition. Right. Yeah. Like I don't depend on her to like teach me all these things. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, I, I think it just depends on who you are. Right. Like, I think we know a lot of people who are happy to assimilate and a lot of people who want to learn more about their roots and it's either way is okay. Right. It's like your personal preference on which identity you think fits you the most and which one you want to explore the most. Right. And I think that's, that's like the great part about being an immigrant. It's just, you have optionality and you have more windows into the world that that I think typical people don't. So whether you're an immigrant in the US or in the UK, or even if you are like an immigrant in Asia, right? Like it's- Aren't they called expats there? Yeah, they're more so expats, but technically um, they're an immigrant. Yeah. I feel like the struggle, not just in America probably, but like in more- um, homogenous cultures uh, is like how well you assimilate because like if you don't yeah. you're made fun of so yeah yeah or like you're kind of stared out or like frowned out in the pond or like you're like yeah oh look at that you know <laughs> that person over there yeah uh, it happens a lot in asian countries specifically <laughs> oh, probably all of the asian countries to be yeah. honest or yeah. like you're looked at like, if you're not, like, if I were to go to some East Asian country, they would either look at me really weird and judge me really hard, or I feel like they'd be like, oh, what is this unique thing? And, like, kind of stare at me yeah. to not just judge me, but, like, gaze. They're curious. Like, I think there's yeah, more they're curious. curious because they've never seen anybody except for somebody that looks their, the way they do, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that is something we actually do take for granted, like, of how diverse America is and just being here also exposes us to a lot of different cultures, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. I think it's hard to explore some of those cultures sometimes when you don't live in like a more of a metropolitan area. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is where I think a lot of the thinking in America comes from because like those people don't have access to those metropolitan areas where they can learn those like more diverse things. Yeah. Um, like I feel like LA, New York, those are generally seen and like they are like the most diverse hubs, I would yeah. say in America. Yeah. And then there's like smaller ones, I guess, like Houston, San Francisco. I don't know what else. Maybe Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, to be honest, like North Texas is very diverse in Asian populations, just mm. not in like other groups, I think. Yeah, that's true. Because if you come to New York, it's like, oh, there's little Ukrainian village, or mm-hmm. you can go to the Greek village, or, you know, it's like all of these other, you know, I, I tend to think Eastern European because that's the one we really didn't have any exposure to growing up. But also yeah. there's like a ton of South American um, and like island countries as well that have mm-hmm. established themselves with their own communities in New York. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely New York and then LA too. Yeah. Well, I think we had a lovely discussion about culture and also Rangoli. So yeah. So yeah, like I mentioned, um, Rangoli is an art form that originates in the Indian subcontinent. And it's usually done on festivals, uh, so like Diwali, but you can also do it every morning. Um, and it's drawn to and it's thought to bring good luck, prosperity, and also to welcome guests. So be sure to check it out. Um, I think it's really cool. So, yeah. <laughs>
Sandra, you're gonna sign us off. Yeah, I'm just waiting for Vartika to be done with her sentence. All right. <clears throat> if you have any stories you would like us to cover, email us at artdramalama at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon, all under Art Drama Llama. And lastly, thank you for joining us, and we hope we can continue looking beyond the galleries with you all next time. Bye, Llamas. Bye. Bye.